0: Coming up on Tech Thing: Dell's new $799 gaming laptop. Does HTC's A9 live up to its $500 price tag? The dark secrets of content distribution. What it takes to survive a 24-hour hackathon and more. All coming up on Tech Thing. If you get something useful out of this episode of Tech Thing, please consider contributing to the show at Patreon.com/techthing. We're brought to you by viewers just like you, and thank you so much for making it happen.
1: I'm Shannon Morse. And I'm Patrick Norton, And this is Tech Thing, where we make technology behave. At
0: least on the good days. And I am
1: crazy excited because we are blowing things up and it's my birthday.
0: Well, it's more of burning holes in things. Yes. With incredibly dangerous chemicals.
1: It's going to be really fun. You'll but that's for a future episode.
0: Yeah, you'll know more about that next week. Assuming, of course, we're here next week and there has not been a terrible accident, <laughs> industrial or other, otherwise. otherwise. Speaking is hard
1: <laughs> so uh I see that there's something happening on your computer, and it look, makes me excited look
0: kids there's a big honking laptop on this desktop um Huge on this laptop. tabletop, okay, so usually right we're always like we're kind of in this constant search where it's like a ten to thirteen inch screen that's just light enough that it'll disappear in your purse and you'll yeah. forget it's there yeah, right like this <laughs> uh, well or, or smaller than that right because the yeah. the service pro 4 looks. Tiny next to that thing. So, this is the Inspiron 157559, and this is obviously a lot bigger than the typical (laughs) um, laptop we're looking at. Uh, Look, kids, you've got a numbers pad on there, a full keyboard, trackpad, a 15.6 inch screen. Um, It's 10.4 by 15.1 by one inch, like five and a half pounds, 5.56 pounds. Here's the fun part, Intel Core i 5 thousand three hundred hq it's like 2.3 Sky gigahertz. Lake? Turbo's up to 3.2, I believe so. 8 Ooh. gigabytes of RAM, uh, an NVIDIA GTX 960M with 4 gigabytes of DDR5. It's a 1080p non-touch screen, low grares, glare screen. Low glare. I really like low glare screens. <laughs> I love low glare screens. Uh, <laughs> and as, you know, it was kind of funny. Um, I was just talking like last week on the Tested podcast, and yeah. I was like, oh, oh you know, now, that, now that everything's touch screens, every time I get a laptop it's not a touchscreen. I touch the screen for <laughs> so the one thing I do with a touch screen. And you know what, I did that once, and then completely forgot about using touch screens ever again. Um, I do
1: that all the time. <laughs> well, it's so
0: funny, it's, it's, if you don't use a touch screen, so you don't need to pay the extra for it. So basically, like you're looking at a full-size keyboard, Gigabit Ethernet, three USB 3.0 ports, SD card slots, full-size HDMI, yes. to 11 ac Bluetooth 4.0, um, all for $799.
1: That's a really good deal. There's gotta be a catch. Well,
0: you know, it's, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, as far as that laptops amazing, go, sorry, I mean, it's <laughs> big. It's That's not, huge. you're not, you know, <laughs> this is probably, if you are super elite gamer and, you know, you can actually, you, you actually want like the equivalent of a, you know, Core i7-6700 and a, you know, $500 GPU, yeah. um, you know, you might have complaints with this. For the rest of humanity, it's looking pretty good. Um, what's also crazy about this is given that we're, we're seeing so many laptops now. That are so tiny and are glued together and are fundamentally impossible to upgrade. Um, You can see this. There we go. So we have. An eight gigabyte uh, SO DIM, okay. a completely unused second uh, slot. Okay. Not the fastest hard drive inside of there. It's like a 5400 RPM. Uh, they call it a hybrid hard drive with eight gigabytes of flash. But the truth is, is I'm so used to having SSDs on everything, my desktops and all of my laptops. Anything that's not a, a full Me SSD too. feels a little <laughs> slow. But I mean, seriously, take a look inside of this case. The 74 watt hour battery. They're claiming like 10 hours of battery life. Um, you know, M.2 SSD slot, an open uh, slot for RAM. You can obviously fit a giant hard drive by current laptop standards inside of there. It's just, you know, it's it's a standard two and a half inch laptop drive. Man, and one terabyte is a lot cheaper on rotating media than it is on SSD. Yes, it to is. To say the very least, <laughs> um, they're claiming like ten plus hours battery life. I wow. would, I would suggest if you're going to be doing extended gaming that you. It's a
1: nice little brick.
0: Yeah, you bring the brick. Well, it's like a forty-five watt hour part, if I'm not mistaken. Oh wow! But that's a big battery. Yeah. But bring the brick if you're going to be doing serious gaming, which is kind of obvious but needs to be said. Um, there's two big honking fans in here. You can hear the fans when you're in serious game. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> they're like eyes. Um, and because the case is so big, it's got decent audio inside of there too.
1: Okay.
0: Um, I'm impressed for $799 because usually when we see a gaming laptop, it's like $2,000. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and I've seen
1: some really good ones for $2,000. Sure. But it's $2,000.
0: And next year, th- those same collectional parts will be like $1,000. Yeah. So an $800 gaming laptop... Sounds a lot less horrifying to me, and also if you know if you're doing Photoshop or Premiere, yes, I think this laptop has a lot of potential. Um, mm. Well, I mean, big screen, big keyboard, lots of RAM, decent CPU. Obviously,
1: you're playing video games on it.
0: Yeah, well, I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm in the opening of Fallout 4 because I haven't gotten very far with Fallout 4. Children are bad for your video gaming habits. Um, <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 I want to say like, uh, you know. Decent, um, you know, decent 3D mark scores. I did the, the skydiving benchmark. Okay. I, I did the, you know, I'm not running the 4K benchmark on this because right. I don't like, you know, hurting. Um, but I think it's a great entry-level gaming laptop, and okay. it has a lot of potential for people who spend a lot of time uh, creating content. Yeah. Um, Man. And I was actually surprised, because um, I'm finally, since I built that Skylake machine, I'm finally starting to spend more time on Steam. Like I bought Fallout just to run it on this, you <laughs> know. and it's not running it at the max settings. That was like one thing. It tried to run it at a lower screen resolution, but when I bumped it back up to 1080p, it ran fine. Oh, okay. I was like, it won't run Fallout. No, Steam auto-configured it to run it at a setting that wasn't actually going to work. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cool. Once I fixed that, <laughs> it was good. Um, very, very tempting, very, very reasonable price, and of course, available now. So, wow.
1: Yeah. That's, I'm pretty impressed for that price.
0: I don't think I've gamed on a laptop outside of like a demo meeting in approximately forever. I've done some
1: gaming on a laptop, but it's always been one of those two grand ones. So, yeah. really expensive. Yeah. Which 800 I can't is afford. not two grand, which no. is a good thing. <laughs> Who knows? So.
0: I'm giving yeah. it the thumbs up.
1: Yeah? Cool. Yeah. Awesome. I get
0: the one thing I haven't figured out is whether or not I can put 32 gigabytes of RAM in it. I know I can put 16 gigabytes of RAM in it. With 32 gigabytes of RAM, this would be a killer video editing
1: box. Yeah, it would. I'm just saying. <laughs> Are those available yet? Hmm. Hmm. I think we should find out.
0: It's all about how much money you're willing to spend. <laughs> you know who else is all about the money? The dollar bills. Darren <laughs> from Hack5.
1: <laughs> Beer money. Woo! <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: Thanks, Patrick. You keep your money in a safe. Is that safe protected with a wireless connection? Well, it turns out they're really easy to hack, and Mike Osmond joins us on this week's episode of Hack 5 to teach us just how to hack into them. Shannon's got HTC's 1A9 in for review as part of our festival of Android devices this fall. The fall Android festival.
1: (laughs) It's always a fall Android festival.
0: $499. Yes. Is it worth the money?
1: So they're kind of touting this as their new flagship phone. Sure. Originally, the price was $399.99 with a coupon deal that they were doing for like mm-hmm. the first month. But after that, it increased in price. So now its ninety nine ninety nine. So this is the HTC One A9. Comes with Android 6.0 mm-hmm. Marshmallow. So this is like this one is of the good. first ones that we've seen with Marshmallow other than the Nexus's. S-s-s-s-s-s-s-s-s- the next
0: eye.
1: <laughs> <laughs> which is great! So I was very excited, mm-hmm. excited about that, but it is not vanilla. So HTC's phones yeah. come with this thing called HTC Sense, which is their special interface. Means you get all the features associated with Marshmallow, but you also get HTC themes, so you can change the theme of your phone and you also get a little bit of bloatware. Luckily, there's not very much of it installed, so it's very easy.
0: So not an offensively overwhelming It's not design. offensive,
1: which is very nice. Alternatively, if you buy a Note 4 from Verizon like I did, it came with a bunch of crap on it. But (laughs) HTC doesn't do that. The interface is very clean, very easy to use, with a few added apps, not so much. Comes in various different colors. I got this nice, sleek, metal, pretty gray design. And yes, it does look like an iPhone.
0: Space gray.
1: It definitely looks like an iPhone, but there's like four other right. colors that you can get. Uh, the screen on it, you'll notice that it is around that five inch screen size. Like a 1080p five inch screen. Yeah, it's
0: 1980
1: or 1920 by 1080. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a nice high res screen and it is 345 nits. So that's on par with 6p's brightness, mm-hmm. uh, which is pretty good kind of average and it does have really great color accuracy uh, which is kind of surprising for a smaller phone but it's more on par with the 5X in that sense much better accuracy with the colors. Very, very easy to read, very easy to see on a sunny day, so I was Mm -hmm. really impressed with the screen itself. Uh, The camera on this thing, on the rear side, is 13 megapixels, Mm -hmm. so that's pretty on par with other ones that you've seen in this price range. F2.0, it it does record in 1080p, not 4K, unfortunately. I
0: I don't have a problem with that, because most 4K, (laughs) camera shooting 4K, most cameras suck at shooting 4K. We're starting to see that.
1: We're starting to see more 4K availability. But
0: I'd rather have a good 1080p camera than a crappy 4k camera.
1: Yeah. Okay, I can understand that. (laughs) But it does it does shoot in raw, which is pretty awesome. That HTC allows you to shoot in raw, kind of rare for cameras on telephones er, or smartphones. So I like that. (laughs) Uh, The front screen and or the front camera on here is four megapixels. It's also f 2.0 and it can also record in 1080p video. So that's really nice too. Uh, When you get to pictures on the back and front cam. I have a couple on my computer. This one was taken in a pretty low light setting in our studio, not many lights on, so it picked up the color accuracy of the walls really, really well, which was kind of surprising. Decent focus with a very still Mm -hmm. photograph with nothing moving in the picture, so it was able to focus on this and then not anything in the background, so pretty good there. The front camera takes pretty good pictures for 4 megapixels, so I was impressed with that. Uh, gave me a little bit of a sick look. I look yeah. kind of like a zombie. I was <laughs> going to say,
0: you don't, you don't look that jaundiced in
1: real life. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, uh, I'm, I'm not I'm not that sickly. So not the best selfie
0: camera, but a <laughs> not decent... Not the best one.
1: selfie camera, but the back camera is, okay. is pretty good. Uh, without any kind of HDR right. settings or anything like that, which it does allow you to do, it takes very good vibrant colors outside. The red in the the bin out here, the blues in the sky came up very well. I wonder
0: if it was the warehouse lighting that made you look jaundiced.
1: Quite possibly, <laughs> quite possibly. But when mm. I compare the same selfie picture on other right. phones, I don't get that same look. Okay. Uh, and then I also did the pet picture because everybody likes taking pictures of pets. Unfortunately, it did a kind of bad job of figuring out where to focus on. Mm-hmm. And it didn't, it blurred out quite a bit of her facial details. So not very good with the depth of focus there, okay. which was kind of unfortunate. Or uh, at least
0: or some weird stuff going on in compression.
1: Yeah, exactly. So uh, camera uh, it's kinda average. better than
0: the Android cameras from two years ago, not yes. so
1: hot compared <laughs> to the
0: latest generation of
1: Android cameras. The Dolby speaker on the bottom mm-hmm. is pretty good. I didn't have any issues with it. And it doesn't get unbearably loud. It doesn't have any mm-hmm. issues when you get super loud with sounding fuzzy or distorted. Yeah, yeah. So it did really well. 32 gigs of storage (coughs) on the inside, 3 gigs of RAM, which is slightly different from the version that they have in the UK. I I know that. Uh, There is a 2150 mAh battery on the inside, Mm -hmm. which is a step down from their previous phone, which was up in the 2800 range. So with the 2150 on this one, I was able to get 6 hours and 14 minutes of really, really heavy usage, Mm -hmm. about 16 hours with normal usage. So decent. Nothing super special about it, but Mm -hmm. um, I I can see that the battery was pretty good for the size and for the CPU that's in this phone. So the CPU is a Qualcomm Snapdragon 617. Also not as good as what we see in the Nexus's, which is in the 800 range, so 810. Definitely feels sluggish at times, not all the time, luckily, but when I'm opening an app, or when I'm switching apps, mm-hmm. it took me a little bit of time to get into that app so, so that I could actually start you know, using the interface. So
0: if you have an aging Android phone, you might not notice it, or it might be faster. Yeah. But if you're looking at sort of the 810 class f- phones, it's going to be a little frustrating. Yeah,
1: exactly. Hmm. Uh, it does have a microSD card slot, which is great. And they say that you can use up to two terabytes on that. Has NFC, has Bluetooth, Wi-Fi up mm-hmm. to AC, which is great. Micro USB, unfortunately, it is not C on the bottom of here. I really like my C uh, power charger for you, <laughs> my Nexus. No,
0: no, no. Like, it's really cool. Like, like three weeks ago, <laughs> you were like, the <laughs> stupid Nexus of USB-C. Have it more. is vile and irritating, <laughs> and I have just spent $100 on cables.
1: Pretty much, yeah. I still oh think how that I forget. had to buy more. But it, it is faster. It's, it's a really nice convertible charger. I can go backwards and forwards. So going back to the micro USB one, I was just like, aww. But uh, the fingerprint scanner on the front of this, it works like half the time that I use it. Really? Yeah. So <laughs> there were a few times when I would put my thumb down and it'd be like, I Is that I an Android you.
0: issue or a hardware issue? I think it's just HCC this one because okay. I haven't
1: had any problems with the 6P. Okay. And I've been using that one for about three weeks mm-hmm. or four weeks. So no problems on that one. But do I do have issues with this one about 50% of the time. Uh, one thing that they do have included with the HTC purchase is free 12-month protection with screen cracks uh, from spills, from <laughs> even get this bootloader unlocking is included.
0: So if you break your phone, <laughs> if you break replace your phone, it. They'll replace it. That's nice. Months.
1: I know. And I was like, that's so cool. I wish everybody did that. Maybe that's how so they're justifying you, the HTC. price. Maybe. You know, it's, it's kind of like including a warranty with the price. So I think that it is slightly too expensive for that slower CPU, the kind of iffy battery, the meh camera. I think 300 bucks would be the perfect price for this phone. Mm-hmm. I mean, the 6P is the same exact price starting off, and I feel like that is a much better phone. It's definitely got the A9 Beat, but right. when you include in that warranty that they include, which a lot of people crack their phones and you know do stuff to them like Patrick does. I'm on
0: my second. Well, my second. If phone you often do that, screen. then
1: maybe the price is, is, is good for you. Right. But if you're not, if you're somebody like me who barely ever damages their phone because I keep mine in ca- cases constantly, right. then you probably would not want to purchase this for 500 bucks. It doesn't seem worth it.
0: So, a good deal at 300, 350 dollars. Yeah. For 500 dollars, you can do better.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. And if you have thoughts or opinions on the matter, if you disagree with me, or maybe you agree, you can always email ask at techthing.com. We value your comments.
0: CES 2016, the Consumer Electronics Show is right around the corner. Usually it's all about shiny new products for Shannon and I, but this year we're going to have some hackery fun the weekend before CES. We're going to join our friend Luria Petrucci from Geeks Live hosting the AT&T developer Summit Hackathon in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's pretty cool. At the Hackathon, teams have 24 hours to develop an app, and not just in search of coding glory, there is a grand prize of $25,000 for the best app overall. Full disclosure, AT&T is sponsoring Shannon and I to host the event, but hackathons are awesome. I mean, seriously, can you make something amazing in 24 hours? I'm going to say yes. Joining us right now, Peter Ma, the winner of last year's grand prize, is going to give you a little taste of the hackathon experience. You show up. You got like six people. One of the six team members is a lit major, much like myself, studied (laughs) English. So obviously, they're not going to be doing a lot of helping with the code. You came out of it with the anti-snoozer. Which is using a 3D camera, an Intel Edison board, facial recognition, and deciding on the fly if somebody's about to pass out and run off the highway.
2: Yep, that's exactly what we built.
0: This this is a pretty personal project for for you and your sister, who's the English major, I should point out.
2: Yep. Um, so our aunt uh, last year mm-hmm. had an accident due to my uncle was driving drowsy, mm-hmm. and that left her permanently disabled. Ow. So, so my sorry. sister really wanted to uh, build something that can uh, pr- uh, prevent other people getting into the same situation. And for me, just a re- receiving you know, Intel RealSense camera, mm-hmm. um, I really wanted to build something around it. And uh, this is, I was actually her idea, so we built this entire thing in 24 hours.
0: So did you come into it? Like you were telling me you're traveling you come back the intel real sense camera is kind of like in your mailbox you're like mm-hmm. this is cool did you you know did you know you were going to do an anti snoozing device at the hackathon
2: well i we had like team of six people mm-hmm. Uh four of us actually uh, was uh traveling together sure uh we actually came up with around 10 to 12 different ideas okay and for first 2 3 hours we kind of dive down to you know final two ideas that we think that that's actually helpful. One of them my sister insisted it was this one. Okay. She was passionate.
0: Yes. That kept you guys probably pretty focused. Yep. She's <laughs> going to kick my ass if I don't make this thing work. <laughs> so, you said you spent it took you an hour just to figure out if you could actually connect the Creative 3D camera to the Intel Edison board.
2: Yes, that's actually the part where it was never done before. Mm-hmm. Um, everything else, we can leverage the open source SDK. Uh-huh. Um, that part, eventually I figured out This is I can just transfer everything through USB port. Mm-hmm.
0: And that's actually kind of critical because that's the only way you can talk to this camera. Yes. <laughs> so, okay, so you spend three or four hours figuring out a project. Mm-hmm. You spend another hour figuring out if you can actually make the 3D camera, which also does infrared um, and regular 2D camera functions. If you can make it talk to the computer you have to use, the board you have in-house. What do you do with like the next 18 hours?
2: Well, we have to sleep. (laughs) Um, We have to eat and then also uh, talk to sponsors and see what kind of strikes we get. Um, But most importantly, um, I basically was focusing more on the entire feature of of transferring back and forth and Mm -hmm. running a smooth demo. Uh, my other teammate, Solomon, he was basically figuring out how to connect the thing to the cloud mm-hmm. as well as to the smart watches so that when a the, when the person is driving, when they have a smart watch, it would actually beat them. So
0: you had a team of, of five or six people. There was one person that wasn't technical. We'll talk about them in a second. Uh-huh. How do you divide up your team to successfully compete at a hackathon?
2: Actually, we didn't really divide up the, the, the tasks. People actually just came in to say, hey, how can I help? Okay. I mean, I basically just, like, we had, this, we had the idea down, so we had, like, what needs, what needs to be done, uh, which is connecting the camera with, with the Edison. And the other teammate will be like, hey, I can add, you know, a watch. And after he finished the watch, he's like, hey, I can actually add the cloud as well. Oh, wow. So this is how it was actually formed. And, and then um, uh, the other team, um, Solomon Adar, so they were able to get all the AT&T stuff done. Mm-hmm. So when our project is ready, we simply just implemented all their code for all the all the AT&T uh, APIs.
0: Did it work the first time you
2: plugged everything together? No. <laughs> <laughs> was that was that expected or was that heartbreaking? That was expected. That okay. was expected. This is where it requires a little tweaking and then um and to see which wh- where you did wrong. But those but once you have the overall fundamental features down. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to plug other people's feature within matter of let's say 15 to 20 minutes. Wow, that's fast. Yes, because it's technically already done. All you're really doing is making a call to their server. Very cool.
0: So, one thing we talked about, not everybody on your team was technical. Mm -hmm. What what does the resident English major do at a hackathon?
2: Uh, Well, that's a great question. My sister was able to spend all her time Figuring out how to do the pitch, mm-hmm. tell, how to tell the story, mm-hmm. as well as giving the pitch, uh, we actually have to work almost uh, out of 24 hours. We probably had five to four to five hours sleep, mm-hmm. um, and the more rest than
0: I would have expected.
2: Yeah, <laughs> but I you know I, we're, I, I'm old now, so I gotta, <laughs> I gotta get some sleep. Yeah. Um, so my sister w- had had uh, more than enough time to prepare for all this. Mm-hmm. She had enough sleep to actually give a pitch without, you know without without falling asleep while giving the pitch.
0: That's important. If people don't understand what your product does, they're probably not going to be as interested
2: in it. Yeah, that. because I was so tired, so I wasn't even faking my drowsiness <laughs> during the pitch. Perfect. So
0: I've been in truck stops at two in the morning. I've eyed the little alarm that clips your collar so that when you pass out and hit the steering wheel, if the steering wheel doesn't wake you up, the howling does, This is doing something a little more sophisticated than that with facial recognition. What's going on with the anti-snoozer?
2: Okay, so anti-snoozer actually detects uh, yawning, Mm -hmm. eye blinking, uh, eye closing, as well as looking around too much, such as on your phone. Sure. Driving, driving, driving. Drowsy driving detected. So this can actually be used in conjunction of the system. This will give you a preventive way of actually telling you, oh, I'm about to fall asleep. I am, I'm getting drowsy. So you can take a measurable action, such as you know, take a bus stop uh, to take a little nap. But while, if you're still driving, those systems can, can kick off when you're really falling asleep. So start howling at you loud yes. start
0: vibrating your watch. Uh, and you mentioned implementing the cloud so it'll actually text your family and friends so yep. everybody can call you and say, get off the highway.
2: Yep, those are the features that were actually built back in the uh, hackathon. That's so awesome.
0: You're, 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 are you actually using the infrared in that, or is it primarily the, the cameras and
2: the 3D? The the 3D camera um, uses both infrared and, and uh, this and the perceptual. So mm-hmm. there's the three cameras on, on this uh, real sense camera, and this with along with the SDK, mm-hmm. um, I can basically I'm able to detect all your facial expressions.
0: So the SDKs probably are pretty critical to making yes. something work in the context of a twenty-four hour hackathon.
2: Yep, um, the SDK, did, like the SDK probably did uh, eighty percent of the job. Mm-hmm. Um, the SDK from Intel, from AT and T uh, Drive Studio, sure. as well as from uh, IBM uh, BlueMix.
0: So is it? I mean, you you are developing products as you affectionately call it, in the real world versus developing products in the hackathon. Do you always find SDKs that are well
2: documented? No, not <laughs> in the real world. <laughs>
0: so I'm curious you know as you know we can't talk too much about your current project it's kind of secret you're you're in startup mode are there lessons you've learned from the hackathons that apply or, the, or things that you take away from the hackathons that apply in developing you know the, the products you do for for your day job
2: uh, definitely there's uh, so while you're at a hackathon you're checking out the capabilities of the SDK you're checking out the capabilities of the vendor you're also checking out the capability of the hardware mm-hmm. um, and so this way you don't ha- have to waste the same amount of time <laughs> uh, for your real project because a lot of time those t- like you you actually have to dive into mm-hmm. and those, those are you can actually build something more productive during those time
0: so do you ever do you ever on the flip side of that do you ever look at your development
2: team for the product you're working on now and
0: like okay we're just gonna make this work in 24 hours whatever it takes is that is that help you ship a product
2: Th- that's not a uh, how you uh, wanna ship a good product <laughs> <laughs> you, mean, you mean a product that like
0: functions and doesn't involve duct tape or weird code loops? Yep. Or <laughs> no shipping product should involve using if-then-then-that for a critical feature? Nope. Got it. <laughs> oh my goodness. Any advice for people who are thinking about participating in the 2016 Hackathon?
2: Uh, just go there with your enthusiasm and mm. uh, I'll try to build something that uh, actually helps your yourself as well as your family. Keeps you motivated? Yes.
0: Peter, thank you so much for making the time. You can do something amazing, or at least try to. The AT&T Developer Summit Hackathon is January second and third. That's a Saturday and a Sunday. The accelerator challenges for 2016 include smart cities, education, sustainability, and entertainment. They all have $10,000 prizes. There's a $25,000 overall best app prize. 10k for second, 5k for third. Money and coding glory, people. If you're interested, remember hotel rooms in Vegas are cheap. Go register to participate for free at geekslife.com/att.
1: We got a tweet from Steve Ken who said, "At Patrick Norton, at Snubs, I've noticed a few times now that Podbean goes down often, and I can't watch TechThing videos. Might be time to find a new host." So. I think it's time to talk content delivery networks, aka yes. CDNs. Uh, you might have heard of Akamai or Limelight or the CDN that we use, which is Podbean, mm-hmm. and that's used for you know, all the downloads of hosting our show. So what is a CDN? So Wikipedia calls them a very large distributed system of proxy servers deployed in multiple data centers via the Internet. The goal of a CDN is to serve content to, high en- er, to end users with high availability and high performance. So yeah, CDN, uh, it's a place where a company can basically foist off the miserable <laughs> job of hosting and distributing massive files, like video files, applications, petabyte scale, genomic data, I mean, whatever you want. Yeah. And, and that's where we host our show.
0: Yeah, I mean, so yeah, I, I, oh my goodness. So, so as, as sort of the dot com, before the dot com becomes the dot bomb, CDMs rise up. Because yes. serving large files is incredibly difficult. Yes. Um, I've dealt pretty closely with three or four CDNs, mostly Limelight and Podbeam, but also Akamai, and one I can't remember the name of because they were idiots and we fired them in under 36 <laughs> hours back when I was running TL.TV. <laughs> Um And I'm, I, it's, it's.
1: <laughs> it happens.
0: W- well, when you give someone configuration settings and they ignore them and do Ooh. their standard implementation and completely break all of the downloads, that's problematic. Oh, snap. So here's the thing. Because of the beautiful myth of the internet as this glorious self-healing network of networks that DARPA designed to survive a nuclear blast and would automatically reroute communications around dead spots, we generally assume that if we don't get our packets, the server we're downloading from is busted. The reality is that the path your packets take is probably pretty seriously regimented from your ISP up to the massive tier one backbones where a huge amount of just all the traffic is peered. All the The, All the the packets, all the things (laughs) are exchanged. Here's the thing though, if one server along that path from your laptop, to the ISP, to the Tier 2, or Tier 3 to Tier 2 to Tier 1 to the other Tier 2 to the Tier 3 to the thing and the thing, uh, is having a heavy day and, and as a result is maybe throttling data or my personal favorite. If the routing tables are foobarred and your packets are going from say San Francisco to a server in Virginia that's running <laughs> at 15 kbps and dropping 60% of the packets running through it uh, before heading to say Phoenix, you're not going to get your file in a timely manner. That actually mm-hmm. is that's a true story. We were trying to upload files to a server and it kept breaking and we ran the trace route. We found out instead of going basically from, from San Francisco to Phoenix, we were going from San Francisco to Langley, Virginia, oh, home no. of the CIA, to Phoenix by way of a broken server that was owned by a German ISP. <laughs>
1: Wonder why you're going through Langley. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Trust me, it wasn't because of what we were covering. So the, the, here's the thing though, that's not necessarily the fault of the CDN, Those CDN can not often work uh, to fix the route or with the ISPs along the way to fix the routing tables. Yeah. So here's the thing, Podbean, our CDN, uh, uses Amazon cloud services to provide their bandwidth. I'm oh. not saying that they're better than Akamai, but they're pretty amazing and frankly, Amazon's pretty good at internet. So, Steve can I'm pretty sure it's not our host, but if you'll email askatechthing.com, I'll see if we can run a traceroute and figure out where the problem is yeah. to get it fixed ASAP. Because-
1: He did say he went to the site and it said it was down for maintenance.
0: And so. that was interesting, right? He saying. says, it's not a problem on my <laughs> end at all. When I see the problem, I go to Podbean's site and it says they are down for maintenance. As far as I know, they have only been down for maintenance once in the last two months. So, and they're usually, they go down usually at late at night. So I apologize, Steve K., but we're literally, um, unless this triggers a flood of complaints, you are literally the only complaint we've had in several months.
1: Yay, I mean, OSI model!
0: <laughs> OSI model. That said, uh, if you are having yeah. difficulties downloading it, uh, do us a favor. Uh, seriously, email us at mm-hmm. We will work to try to resolve that. It's fine. I don't think they've been down that often.
1: Yeah, he's in charge of our Podbean, so he sees a bunch of stuff that I see I spend a lot of time
0: on. on Podbean. Yeah, he does. Maybe I need <laughs> to spend more. Maybe I, oh wow, I can do an uptime monitoring application. Anyway, really cry.
1: meanwhile, we also got <laughs> a message from Daniel in New Jersey who writes, your Patreon dropped down to 2425, down from over 2700 an episode. Did YouTube piss a bunch of people off? So no, <laughs> not this week, <laughs> luckily. At least I hope we didn't anger that many yeah. people. So what you're actually seeing is what we actually make per episode after credit card fees, Patreon's 5% decline charges, and the fact that many patrons sponsor us for, say, 10 bucks a month, not $10 for every episode, which is totally cool. I mean, we're not kidding when right. we are very, very grateful for every single donation that we do get, because without our patrons, we really... Could not make this show for you. Yeah, we're, we're
0: trying to. Yeah, we're trying to make a living doing this so yeah. that we don't have to like do it on nights and weekends while you know stocking files at Costco. Um,
1: I, I kind of used s- to do that.
0: Seriously, you guys are feeding my kids, uh, <laughs> and I am so grateful. Um, that said patreons realize that for a lot of shows the numbers uh, say on patreon.com/ tech thing are a lot larger than what the creators actually end up with per month or per episode so what you 're seeing now with that lower number is the average uh, you get per episode or month uh, instead of the sort of platonic ideal uh, for some of our friends that use patreon the difference between those two numbers is thousands of dollars per month which is a big deal yeah. and uh, what patreon is trying to do is to create a clear and simple channel between the audience and the creator so that creators can actually make a living doing cool stuff for the audiences they've developed.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And seriously, thank you, each and every one of you, for supporting the show. Absolutely. Patreon.com/slash/techthing, uh, and we really, 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 really appreciate that. So, like Shannon said, Daniel didn't piss anybody off that bad last week, <laughs> and hopefully, didn't piss off Steve. Can seriously, I can't believe he's running into the, the being down. I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> it's very, it's you're very, you're on the far end of the bell curve, for what it's worth. Mail him a
1: DVD. <laughs> <laughs> I have something exciting to show off this week because <laughs> we got a plaque from one of our viewers and a patron named Joe. Hey, Joe. Thank you so much, Joe. He, he sent this along with some super, super cool patches. And he asked that we give away one of our patches to our patrons. But since due to US lottery, legalities, and regulations and such, we have to open it up to everybody which is totally awesome. So if you're interested in TechThing Patch, and maybe even a few stickers as well, because we got some stickers printed, yay! <laughs> uh, comment below and we will randomly select someone and we'll or have guidelines as well. Or
0: email techthing.com or tweet at TechThing.
1: Yeah, you can do that too. Do all
0: the things. Yeah,
1: do all the things. <laughs> and we also got a message from Joe, who Same says, Joe or different Joe? Different Joe. OK. Hi, Patrick and Shannon. Keep up the good work. Love the show. Any tips on how to clean a projector screen that is eight years old? Mm. My son decided to touch it with his dirty little (laughs) hands. Can you help me, please, or point me into the right direction? Thank you. Keep up the great work. Can't wait for the next Google Hangout from Joe.
0: I could throw you my beloved isopropyl alcohol water blend, say 80, 20, at 70% or 50, 50, at 90% isopropyl alcohol in a microfiber cloth, but the reality is that you really need to figure out what your screen is made out of, and if it has any special coatings that say <laughs> dissolve on contact with something like isopropyl alcohol, Ooh, that would be yeah. bad and blotchy and irritating. ScreenInnovations.com is a really good guide, we'll list it in the show notes, but if you can find the info directly from your manufacturer, that is the best thing for you. And I say this completely relating because of my filthy little three-year-old who got hands on a plasma screen.
1: <laughs> Sorry, dude. <laughs> we got a tip from
0: Glenn in Chattanooga, Tennessee regarding Comcast Data Cap. He says, just thought I would tell you what I did last week to address the Comcast Data Cap's email I received. Being a Chattanooga, Tennessee area customer, I signed up for a one gig connection for 69 bucks a month with the Chattanooga EPB fiber internet service. You all have probably heard the slogan from EPB about Chattanooga being Gig City. I have, and it is awesome. Then he called Comcast, and they kindly turned off my internet service once I told them I got EPB fiber to provide me with one gig. (laughs) When I looked at my data usage on Comcast after the warning email sent about the December 1st data cap implementation, I realized that I have hit anywhere from 400 gigs to 650 gigs a month on my old 30 meg down and 6 meg up Comcast internet connection, which was a good deal cheaper than EPB, but given the extra 35, Five bucks to keep my no cap internet, enough was enough. I would be paying almost 90 dollars for the internet to stay unlimited with Comcast for a 30 Meg connection, or I could just sign up for a1,000 Meg connection with an EPB fiber and pay 69 bucks a month. Not a tough decision now. (laughs) This is some friendly advice to all those living in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Ditch Comcast for good now that they think they can side with the data caps pattern of the cell phone carrier systems. Thanks for all you guys. Dude, Glenn in Chattanooga, Tennessee.
1: It does sound kind of like they're going backwards. I'm
0: so jealous that you have gigabit fiber or fiber of any type. I am too. (laughs) Yeah, props. uh, Yeah.
1: So after we got this email, I was like, being curious, I decided to look into my own data. And I use about 350, 250 to 350 range per month, depending. But we don't have the data caps here, luckily. And basically, I spend every night watching Netflix. My husband (laughs) plays games like Fallout 4 and WoW, so he definitely downloaded Fallout 4. and That took up a lot Mm -hmm. lot of data. But it is worth it to look at your average data to see where you fall. Again, 300 may sound like a lot. But it's not. No.
0: <laughs> no. No. Especially if you have, say, three or four teenagers or you're in the house with college students. And like me. You all watch a not lot really. of video. <laughs> well, video, I mean, imagine if you're basically dropping a gigabit plus per hour every hour of the day. Yeah. That's a lot of gigabytes.
1: I'm going to go destroy some hard drives.
0: Fire and acid, and hopefully we don't go to the hospital. I'm, I'm pa- Shannon Morris. I'm Patrick Norton. We'll see you next week on Tech, Tech.
1: I'm Patrick Norton.
0: I'm Shannon Morris. <laughs> what happened to you, Shannon? You should have taken better care of yourself. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thank you everybody for watching the show and for being our patrons. You guys are awesome. Look at all these awesome people. Isn't this awesome? I think we should hang this up somewhere.
0: In the hallway. Yeah? Jerry, can we hang it up in the hallway with all yeah. the cool Hack 5 stuff? We're in the Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame! Perfect, oh, that looks good too. It it's so gonna fall down. Uh, mm-hmm. until we get the screwdriver
1: Yeah, <laughs> we should probably do that. <laughs> That's a good idea, it's so cute.
0: So you may be wondering to yourself, why would you attach a USB, USB, USB Donald <laughs> to the end of the power drill?
1: Shh, don't tell him. It's secret.
0: I can tell you, it's but then I have to kill you. It's the Hack 5 way. Where's the power drill? No, man, power drills are just, they're messy and unpleasant. To kill people people tell you that they're really just bags of water and you know, you don't really understand that until you actually drain a person of all their fluids. What? You've never drained somebody of all their fluids?
1: Kid okay, vampire. Alright, let's take a picture. Picture. I always wondered